0: not to be like the world and not to be like the great majority of american christians but to be like jesus christ i don't know why you're clapping i'm talking about you what's wrong with you people
1: i'm serious you can't say amen you ought to say ouch Hello,
0: Humble Bees. Welcome to Tulips and Honey. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Betsy, and Michelle is here with me. I don't know how to do an intro, (laughs) but anyway,s we're Women of the Table, and um, yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't know what else to say except for that we have a podcast, Women of the Table, and I'm Betsy, and that's Michelle, and I don't know. Take it away, Michelle. (laughs) did
1: not do a good job. I'm Michelle and I'm supposed to fill in for everything that Betsy didn't say. And I said nothing. Said everything-
0: well, I am nothing oh. at the same time, so <laughs> there you go.
1: We are two uh great ladies who have a podcast called Women of the Table. Exactly what Betsy just said. Yeah. And um we're we're here with um our friend Lauren on Tulips and Honey and we're very excited. Yay!
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to get to chat with you guys. This is so exciting. Super fun. I remember yeah. to click record, too, so that's always good. Oh, and good. You know, good. sometimes <laughs> that doesn't happen, and, and yeah, so, I, yeah, that's right. I'm Lauren from Tulips and Honey, we're doing, like, this crossover has been months in the making, right? Like, Oh, yeah. M- months and months ago, I was like, you know who I want to do a crossover? Like, my favorite female podcasters. oh. <laughs> And then it took like forever for like everything to work out because it seemed like no matter what, a weekend would go by and I'd be like, crap. <laughs> I, was, I, went, I really, really wanted to get that. But it, we're finally here and I'm super excited. Yeah. I, I mean, I probably have told my listeners about you guys and Cave to the Cross more than anybody else because you, oh. the two of you guys, they're two guys, right? The Cave to the Cross yeah. and then you are two girls. And so y'all are sure. like my two favorite podcasts. And you balance each other out. Nice. And you guys are super hilarious and really goofy. And then their content is like super serious. And so it's it's also balanced yeah. out in that way. But right. yeah, yeah. Thanks for for doing this crossover with me. I love it. I love
1: it. I'm so excited too. This is going to be it great. Took was a pandemic to bring That's us together.
0: Right. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. For the whole world to stop in order for this to happen. That's right. What they meant for evil, God meant for good. So, Amen. Oh, okay. That's right. Amen. Amen. Sister. <laughs> 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 but we're going to be talking about a serious subject today. So hopefully we can bring like some, some laughter and joy into like a really serious heavy topic. Cause I feel like sometimes these topics are so dense mm. that people forget that like there's a way out of it, right? Like we're going to, we have a hope mm. in an eternity where we don't have to worry about these things anymore. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, and I, especially for the research I did for this episode, I was like, Oh my goodness. The world is horrible and terrible and everything is awful in the whole. I just don't know if I mm-hmm. even want to wake up in the morning. And I can't do this anymore. So maybe we can avoid that with like talking about serious subjects, but joyfully. Yeah. I think we'll that's a great idea. Yeah. You guys do that every episode. So that's why I'm super. Fun. Or we'll all just leave super depressed and, you know, totally done yeah. the opposite, what we wanted, you know? Yeah, why not? One oh, of the two no. who cares. There's only two there's only two paths that we can take. We through. we may quit at the end. You know, be like, you know what, we're <laughs> done. We're done. We're forever. Shut it down. Shut Wrap it, down. it up. We're going home. Well oh, we're gonna be we're gonna talk about mental illness and, and salvation today, right? Like so um there's there's the two separate topics of salvation and the confusion of whether or not you can um lose your salvation or whether or not it's permanent. And then there's a separate topic of like how we as Christians respond to mental illness. And I don't know about you ladies, but I get these questions a lot. People who are like, okay, I have um, a family member who's autistic or has down syndrome or has um, bipolar disorder or whatever it is. What, how do they respond? And and is suicide an issue? What, you know, mm-hmm. these are all like really fascinating multifaceted little issues that we can we can address but i was was really excited to talk a little bit about like each individual issue biblically how we see it and whether or not these things are being appropriately discussed like in modern christianity because i think there's a lot of confusion in those issues but first if you if you ladies don't mind i would absolutely be super duper pumped if you could both give like a quick uh telling of your testimonies Sure,
1: okay. yay, um, go Betsy.
0: Okay, so I just want to. Okay, my testimony. Um, so I grew up in church um, for a little while. My dad was a pastor, so we were at all the church things, did all the church stuff. Um, most of my childhood was very small churches. Um, when I became a teenager, my dad um, no longer was a pastor. Started going to. Um, in my eyes, it was a ginormous church, but medium sized church, I think. Um, And they, you know, through it, I was in high school, met my husband in high school through marching band.
1: Um,
0: And then we got married a few years later, and we continued going to that same church. And um, then my husband was the middle school youth director in that church. And um, as I went into my uh, early 20s, my, uh, you know, adults, sort of, even though, I didn't really feel like an adult, still felt like a child, but, um, anyway, I I just started realizing, um, you know, there was one point where I realized I didn't have really have a relationship with Jesus. Um, I didn't, I wasn't, I don't think I was truly saved. I really, I really didn't. I was going through a lot of motions. I was doing the nominal Christian thing. I was, the wife of a youth pastor going to you know participating in everything volunteering for everything doing nursery you know greeting people um but it wasn't until there was like this moment um where i was reading this book i was my whole um uh new year's resolution was i wanted to read a book one one book every month <laughs> and it was january and i picked up this book and um it was a marriage book christian marriage book and um one of the points they had in it was um you know, do you, you have a personal relationship with Jesus, not your husband and not you as a, um, couple, but you personally, as an individual, um, you will die one day and you will stand in front of God, like yourself, you're, you know, there was a lot of times I'd be like, well, you know, Travis, he knows so much about the Bible. He's a good Christian man. And he is like, he's awesome, man. And, um, but it would be like, that counts for something. Like <laughs> I have a really great husband who loves the Lord. So that counts for me. And I just, and I, and I really did believe that. And, um, you know, I, it kind of dawned on me like, that's totally wrong. Like I was just kind of just that, that wasn't right. And I didn't have a personal relationship with Christ. And, um, so that day I just, felt the weight of my sin and just asked the Lord, you know, I just repented. And, um, I just knew that that was when that's when it happened. So yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. I
0: love it. (laughs) Thanks.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So for me, um, I grew up in like a super small town and basically everybody, um, was like Christian, uh, if you will. Everybody basically considered themselves a Christian. That's just how our town worked. Everybody went to um, church on Sunday for the most part. Um, and so I just grew up thinking that if you were good, like you weren't partying on the weekends and you weren't like doing drugs, then uh, you were being a good Christian gal. And that was me. Right. So um, throughout high school, that's kind of the, the way I went. And I, get, I guess I knew on some level um, that when I went off to college that I wouldn't have that accountability of the small town. And you know what I mean? I could wow. have um, my own independence and newfound freedom, you know, to go to the big city of. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, uh, big you city.
0: Know,
1: Metropolis, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. skyscrapers, all of that. <laughs> That's right. And so, um, So I was excited. I was excited to to um, go to my university and just experience all the things that I couldn't experience when I was in the small town because everybody was looking over your shoulder. You know what I mean? You had a reputation to keep up. And um, about two weeks into ISU, I had met um, a dear friend of mine now, um, and she invited me to coffee. And turns out she was a Christian, and she was asking me questions about Mm -hmm. um like my own faith. And so I was like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, so can you tell me about like what the gospel is? And wow. I was like, um, no,
0: <laughs> I don't
1: know what that, like the only thing I could think of was like gospel music. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't think of how to say what the gospel is. I don't know. Right. Um, And she explained it to me, um, through, I don't know if you've ever heard the bridge diagram, but basically it goes through Romans six twenty three. Sure. And she broke it down for me and just told me like, hey, everybody is a sinner. And if you're a sinner, then you can't um, be right before God by yourself. There is a giant chasm uh, between you and him and you will never be able to fill that up with any good works with any, you know, good reputation or whatever. Like you left to yourself. um, You are condemned. hell. And, um, I was like, Whoa, I, I, it just clicked for me. Then I was like, I don't have anything to offer and I don't love Jesus. I don't care about being holy. And it just totally just clicked with me that day. And that night I just remember praying, um, that, that God would change my heart and just thanked him for, um, you know having someone explain this to me and i woke up the next day and i i'm not very big on like you know experiential type of things but it literally was i mean mm. i just had like this total flip of like okay right. now my life is different i need to like cut stuff out of my life now like yeah. this this stuff doesn't matter to me anymore and i was like i remember thinking um okay so i need to quit to this i need to quit the school and I need to go, like, be a missionary somewhere. Because right? I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to be doing this, right? <laughs> but That's I settled so for. Uh, I settled for a major change instead.
0: There you go. <laughs> Your mom would have not been happy. Be like, listen, I just got saved. I gotta quit school. That's right? What? <laughs> They're gonna charge you for it anyways. So you're at least finishing the year. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. just but try to so great. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Did you see what I did I tried to open there's no lid on it and I was like I got it on video it's okay
1: good yeah good sorry Michelle I didn't mean to oh do that, to you. that was a perfect ending oh,
0: that was <laughs> funny I love I love the I love the blooper reel it's my favorite thing so yeah, just, we just leave it all in. all in we just leave it all in you know yeah, yeah. I love. I absolutely love it. That's one of my favorite things about the video. Is, is I, I did a, a crossover with um, guys with Bibles, and one of them fell out of their chair. They just oh. happened. To be, <laughs> they just happened to be on the video, like because you know it switches from it, person's face to person's face, and they were there, and they started leaning back, and off they went. And I got the oh, whole man. thing on video. You oh, just <laughs> see so, like man. their feet, just like <laughs> like kicking. <laughs> <laughs> casting life oh that's good that's good after we figured out he was okay you know after good. That. right then right was, yeah, yeah. Sure. Of, course. So, of course naturally so well thank you guys for sharing your testimonies i love the fact that you both had these um these these experiences where somebody was able to like get you the the understanding of like the law and the gospel because mm-hmm. I was in the church for like a decade and I also had absolutely no idea. Like I can remember asking my, my husband um, at the time we were just dating, but I can remember asking him like, why did Jesus have to die? Why didn't they just pick somebody less important? Like it seems like they could have just picked any of his disciples and it would have been okay because he's too important to die. And so that's how little understanding I had. But when somebody finally explained it to me, like, no, your sin is so bad that God himself had to become man and then right. live a perfect life and die in your place not mm-hmm. not because like that was just the cool way God wanted to do it because like, mm-hmm. like that's literally how bad your sin is and mm-hmm. so i th- i think it's really cool that somebody was willing to even take you aside and say hey like yeah, do you even is. know like do you even bible bro do you know the gospel because <laughs> i know right if somebody had asked me do you know the gospel i would have been the same i would just been like uh mm-hmm. Right. Jesus loves us, this we know. <laughs> so, right, exactly. Yeah. 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 Hopefully those those testimonies will be a blessing to the people listening. Hopefully that'll be um like encouraging to believers and convicting for anybody else that's not a believer. But it's also like a really perfect way to segue into our conversation that we're <clears> gonna <throat> have We're gonna be talking today then about um about mental illness, like we mentioned before. And this is this is one of those really fascinating topics. Um before we get like into it hardcore. Do you guys want to maybe like explain a little bit about just the the point of salvation? How it it doesn't it's not going to like go away after there's sin and stuff? Because I feel like half of the battle here with mental illness, especially when it comes to like the depression or or bipolar disorder and even suicide, is that people think that there's something that they're going to do that is is too big for their salvation to count. And I hear that a lot, like, oh, well, they can't be saved because, you know, um, a depressed person is constantly, you know, sad or too, too down to even get up and go to church on Sunday. So they must not be saved because that's not bearing fruit. And so, um, what do you guys, how, how would you guys explain that in accordance to like scripture and, and the um, assurance of salvation?
1: I think for me, um. Because for a long time, I dealt with my own uh, struggles with being assured of salvation. And the one passage, one verse that always stuck with me was that Philippians um, 1, 6 verse, which is uh, saying that um, what he has started in you, he will bring to completion. And so I have the promise of God that if I am um, a regenerate believer, um, which I can see by the fact that I um, trust that Jesus is my savior, that he has paid for my sin and that I have his righteousness, that I trust what he's done. um, And that I bear fruit as far as like, um, I can see my sin now I can, um, I have desires to pursue God and know more of him through his word. Um, Those are fruits of my life that I, bear witness to the fact that he has started that work in me. Mm-hmm. And so then I can, I can trust in that verse saying that, okay, he started that work. Now he is, he is going to finish it. Um, and that has no bearing on, uh, my ability, um, to do, um, any certain thing to keep it or to hold on tight to it or whatever, because if, if it was left to my own, um, self, I, I wouldn't be able to do that just mm-hmm. as, if it was left to my own to be saved i i wouldn't be able to do it so it doesn't make sense in um to me that uh, god would start a work in you and then say okay well good luck with that you know i know you <laughs> need my help in the beginning but surely you got it now mm-hmm. <laughs> right. so so that verse is just one that has been really easy for me to remember it's really short and um it just has a big impact for me is that he is going to to bring the work they started in me to completion so yeah. yeah
0: yeah i think michelle i think he just said that really well and i don't i mean there's really nothing more i can add to that because i feel like that is what i mean that is the whole thing like he's not going to you're not going to slip out of his hands like he is in control and um you know ultimately he is the one who decides um yeah. you know who will be in heaven with him yeah. you know if we're gonna yeah. do it go through it that way um but yeah i think there's you know I think one thing to remember is um, I mean, even though you are saved by the blood of Jesus and you'll never be not saved, we're not perfect. You know, we're not be told that once we're saved, we're going to be perfect. We're going to continue to sin. And you know, that I think, I think I struggled with that too. It's like, well, I mean, if I'm saved, then why am I sinning so much? Or why do I keep dealing with the same sin? Mm-hmm. Um, like habitually, you know? And I, I, think when the really when it really dawned on me like well you know if I'm still repenting and sorry about it and wanting to get better I feel like there's a sign of salvation too um I don't know if that's correct or not but for me that's kind of what because there are people who are rebellious against God who don't care about being right like they're fine with it and obviously they don't probably they're probably not saved if I were to guess so um yeah I think that just you know you're not going to be perfect and if you're expecting perfection out of yourself then yeah you're going to be like am i really saved all the time but just yeah, right. realizing like yeah you're saved um and nothing could take you out of god's hand in jesus hand but um you're not going to stop sinning until you die or until jesus returns right. yeah
1: absolutely. i think that 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 rolls right into the roman 7 passage right mm-hmm. where paul is talking about battling with the flesh like right. he does what he doesn't want to do and what he yeah. wants to do, he can't, he doesn't do. And like, yeah, this is every Christian's life. Like yeah we're mm-hmm. going to struggle with sin, but we also know from Romans 8 that um, God is the one that justifies. Mm-hmm. And I think actually, I don't know if it is in Romans 8 or not. I'll have to look it up to see where this is. Maybe you can tell me, Lauren. Um, but where he's talking about, um, that nothing can separate you from the love of God, right? right. Like n- no, uh, neither height nor depth nor, uh, you know, authorities or anything like that. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Um, and so I think that that would fall into that category right there.
0: Yeah, um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's Romans 8, 31 through 39. And I didn't know that off the top of my head. I Googled it while you were talking. So. Oh, but, brilliant. Google. <laughs> You, know, you didn't even have to tell us. I appreciate your honesty. We could have just been like, whoa, she knows all the scriptures." Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure everybody knows that. I, while I I'm it. trying, I'm still not not able to memorize scripture very well. But yeah, that's that's a really really helpful um, perspective because there in this, I find this this is so crazy. This is almost in every single aspect of anything that I, I research into. There's always these two extremes where mm-hmm. there's on the one side, um, oh, if you sin at all. You're definitely not saved, and then on the other side, it's like, "Oh, sin as much as you want; don't worry about it. It's not a problem." And there's always those two extremes where the the believer gets to find we get to find ourselves in the middle. And there's a little bit of argument, you know, like where we kind of we're arguing this away and that way a little bit. But there's there's that little bit of wiggle room where we can sort of like have discussions about justification and things like that. But you can't fall into these corners, these these depths. And the problem with um, mental illness when we're looking at this, and I grew up. Um, dealing with with parent with a, a parent with mental illness and I have neurological issues so I struggle with um, like nothing compared to to what like like schizophrenia people with bipolar disorder and those things would deal with but there's there's anxiety that comes along with the neurological issues where I can't handle certain, sounds, feels, Mm. there's like a a sensory overload issue that I can, I can deal with. And so um, the problem comes in where we're we're told by modern medicine, modern doctors, modern psychologists, well, this is, this is not your fault, right? Like you're, you have this disease, so you can't help it. But whenever I refuse to do the things that I know I'm supposed to do, like sleep, that's because of the neurological issues, I can't sleep on my own. Like, it's just, it's like Mm impossible. I'll just stay up and get like two hours of sleep and then keep going and going and going. But I'm going to snap, right? I'm going to be grouchy. I'm going to be rude. I'm going to be impatient. So if you take me there, like, to a grocery store where all of the problems that mess with my brain are like coming at me all at once and there's sounds and there's crying and there's too mm-hmm. many people way too close to me and and there's so many things going on and I'm supposed to be focusing and I can't then I'm going to have a breakdown I'm going to have an anxiety a, a panic attack and mm-hmm. usually when that happens the family members around me are the ones that are going to have to then deal with like the fallout. So even though I, I have a neurological problem and you know the doctors can only do so much, I can do things too. And even if I do everything right and I get good sleep and I take all the medicines and all the vitamins and I stop drinking so much caffeine, that never happens. <laughs> but I'm not supposed to drink caffeine. But if I do all the right things and I snap, I've still snapped and I still need to repent. I still need mm-hmm. to ask for that forgiveness, and I feel like that might even mm-hmm. be the point where where we have to separate from um the way that the modern world looks at these things, if it's depression or anxiety or or any any number of mental illnesses that we know are happening they they're still responsible for their sin, irregardless mm-hmm. of the fact that it might be harder for them not to do that mm-hmm. um it is more difficult for some people to get up on Sunday mornings. And I know I've gone through seasons where Sunday mornings, um, because church is not all of them. Thankfully, some of them sing beautiful hymns and they're very calm and nobody is asking me to hug people because touch, Touch is a problem for me. I can't. You know, I, I, I hug my daughter and I hug my husband, but they're both aware of the fact that it's actually a sacrifice <laughs> that I'm making because they they love me and they want that affection. But anybody else is just like, please don't touch me. I really mm-hmm. am sorry, but I'm gonna have nightmares about people just trying to <laughs> hug me. So um but so church can sometimes be uh, really difficult. Loud music, loud mm-hmm. people, smoke machines. No, just no. <laughs> I will. I will walk out. Like, please don't turn on the smoke machine. I would tear. I'd be like, stop, stop yes. that. this is Sunday. Come on, save that for I, Saturday night. Yes, thank you. I really can't <laughs> handle it. So, yeah. there's been seasons where I've had to like miss church just mm-hmm. because there's there's just no way that I'm even getting out of the house. There's been mm-hmm. problems where the neurological issues. They get worse sometimes. They get better. It just depends on like the situation. Mm-hmm. Um. Either way, that's still me not being obedient to God's word. That Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to get up and I'm supposed to do these things. I still have Mm -hmm. to repent. And Mm -hmm. I'm if I'm sitting at home and I'm saying it's okay for me to sin because I have this disease, then I think we have an issue where where that is um, a place that as Christians we can cut off. So if you guys like dealt with anything like anxiety or depression, I know that those are probably the two most common. We we see David in the Psalms definitely dealing with. Um, anxiety and depression and even um lamentations is pretty much like hmm. yeah all all of that all rolled up into a happy little ball of sunshine so <laughs> oh, if you guys dealt with any of that and what what would you what would you think would be like a a drawing line where you would you would say okay this here is literally you can't help this this isn't hmm. something that we would say is sinful you need to repent of and hmm. do you have like any idea of where that line would be or where you would ad- where you would address that hmm. Michelle,
1: you want to go? Yeah. Um, I think that (laughs) for me, when I'm thinking through this, if I have to think in my head, like make an excuse to not obey something, that's probably a good sign that I am capable of actually doing that thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that maybe I am playing a little too much into um, my comfort seeking um, or, you know, there has been times where i have you know have a lack of motivation um you know due to certain certain things that i that i am going through maybe i am like super exhausted from um being anxious all day and so that means that i don't have to do the dishes right like that okay. means i don't have to take care of things around my house right I have just spent all day being anxious about stuff so um that disqualifies me from my responsibilities. Right. <laughs> um <laughs> But I think that the moment we start making excuses for things that we should have been doing might be the exact moment where we're falling into um, an area where, Oh, I, I actually could have done that. And I just chose right. not to. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: So. Yeah.
0: You that's a good that to? example too, with the dishes. I like right. that example. Yeah. I mean, I think I totally agree with you, Michelle, about that. If you feel like um, things could start slipping or whatever, using it as an excuse. Um, I think obviously um, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional of any sorts at all. Um, it is Um, because depression and anxiety seem to be overdiagnosed, um, among among other things. That it's like this whole like it's not your fault sort of thing. So then it's like, ah, well, I can't participate in corporate worship because I have anxiety. A doctor told me I have anxiety. I can't go, um, or I can't ever participate in Bible study, or I can't, you know, do whatever. If your mother and a wife, just like Michelle was saying do what you're told to do, raise your children, right. And all of these things and take care of your home and take care of your husband. Then it's like, then there is an issue there that it's maybe you really need to evaluate like your heart and your intentions. And, and yeah, maybe you do have anxiety. Like maybe that is true. We live in a world that is full of things to be anxious about. We really, you know I'm not going to tell someone you're faking, you know, I would yeah. never say that. Um, but I think it is the, what are you doing? with that anxiety, you know, are you trying your best to, you know, get through it or whatever, or deal with it in, in a way of like, yeah, taking care of your body and sleeping enough and, um, or prayer and things like that. And I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those people who are just like you see to pray and it'll go away. I, I, right. I'm, you know, dealing with different things myself. Um, I, I know that I, you know, having a random panic attack for no reason whatsoever, um, You know, I'm not going to be like, I just need to pray harder and it's going to go away because I I have prayed through my panic attacks and they haven't stopped. And I'm not going to be mad at God because they didn't stop or whatever. Anyways, I kind of got off a thing there. But um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, where can you make a choice of like, I just, I'm going to use my mental health issues, whatever it is, as an excuse Mm -hmm. not to do something yeah um also i want to add really quick my son um is autistic and um he's six years old and he's nonverbal. even though he's learning slowly how to talk so i totally understand um you know when things get overwhelming and things get you know whatever and he's a child i obviously can't really you know understand completely kind of really just seeing you know through my son um what he goes through and um And yeah, so there's things that he doesn't understand, or we try to have to explain to them differently, or he's just um, I don't know. Like he has that, and he'll he'll be autistic his whole life. Like I don't know what it'll look like in ten years if he'll be talking or if he'll be able to have a job. Like I don't know any of those things, Um, but I'm still going to teach him like the gospel and what sin is. And will he? I don't know if he'll ever fully understand it. You know what it is or not. Um, But I think also. I guess I don't know this sounds weird but I think when people are really truly dealing with things that are hard um and have for real like I don't even neurological issues or whatever so it's like I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is don't play up your laziness as being a mental illness because there are people who for real deal with things that are very yeah, yeah. difficult and they are trying. My son has therapy five hours a day, five days a week. He works hard for a six-year-old. He is working his bed off and oh. it's, pay, you know, so he's doing his bed and he's doing really well. But I'm just saying that I think maybe really evaluate, like, am I just worried or am I for real dealing with something? I don't know. Okay. I kind of babbled a lot. So I hope that made sense no, what I was trying to say. <laughs> it did. It made perfect sense. I'm really, really um, glad that you used that example to show like And I was thinking that it's so funny, like as, as you were about to say it, like I was thinking there's so many people out there that play up what they're, what they're going through and it's a hard issue, right? Like, so we're always going to have to fight against that laziness, that desire to stay, to stay in bed, the desire not to do things. And just like Michelle was saying, if you've had a really anxious day, there's a lot of things happening. Um, Your kiddos are upset or your kiddos are sick or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's always that opportunity for the sin, for the, for the flesh. And I think that whether or not you're, um, I went, I went undiagnosed the majority of my life. I refused Mm. to go to doctors. I hated, I I still, I still can't stand doctors, but, um, I finally went because there were too many, there were too many things that were happening physically where I was like hurt. I was getting hurt because I couldn't, my, my motor skills weren't working right. So I had Mm. eventually had to, my husband was like, this is enough. Okay. (laughs) This is enough. (laughs) I did did have that struggle though. Like you're saying, where if you're going to, if you're going to make the excuse and you're going to be disobedient, you you at least have to evaluate your heart that, you know, that you could have done this thing. You could have gone and done the thing that was the right thing to do, Mm -hmm. which for, in my case was either um, making sure that I'm being um, appropriately kind and loving to my family instead of snapping at them every time I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the second thing that I've struggled with is actually just making sure that my butt's in the pew that I am fellowshipping. Which is it's so it's so weird because I desire fellowship, I want to be there. It's the act of going that constantly trips me up, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people have that in other ways. Where like, okay, I want to go, I can't wait for church. I'm setting out my outfit, and then the alarm goes off, and I'm like, oh but sleep. Mm-hmm. and stuff, Right? Yeah, so I'm sure lots of people struggle with that in a different way. But it either way, I'm I'm commanded to go, I need to be in fellowship. And so I really wanted to make sure to point out the, the necessity of repentance in these areas, whether yeah. you're dealing with like anxiety, depression, any other mental illness, whatever it is, it, if it's still a sin, like Betsy and Michelle pointed out there, there's still no excuse for that. We really don't want to in that kind of behavior like not not the behavior of being ill and you know if you're ill you need to seek treatment to the best of your you know your insurance um but just in your spiritual life making sure that you're not leaving those sins unrepented and unaddressed because there's there's a problem with our own families too where if you have an illness if you're um, bipolar or my, my own personal experience. My mom was a schi- was schizophrenic mm-hmm. and the, um, w- whether or not it was within her control at the time, the behaviors and the abuse, and the things that were happening happened to her children. And there was no repentance of that. And so as a mm-hmm. child, you don't understand. And you're, mm-hmm. you're trying, like I, you know, my sister and I were trying to figure out what on earth is going on. We're blaming mm-hmm. ourselves. The appropriate Christian attitude in that instance would be for the person when they come to themselves, whenever they come back to realization, they know or are told about the things they've done is to repent and seek forgiveness from the family members. And hopefully that can help keep families together, even in these really, really difficult instances. And Betsy, you mentioned, um, autism, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm a super dork. I love science. And and so one of the things that I've enjoyed studying is genetics. We mm. see um, since the fall of man, we see that entropy and action in our genetics. There's um, genetic mutations that get passed down from generation to generation, but also there's just genetic mutations that our own body is creating. So with each mm. generation, those genetic mutations are being compacted. So like if you start out with 40,000 mutations, you pass them on to your children along with the 40,000 from your parents and the 40,000 mm. from your grandparents, and then your child is going to create their own, right? So we as we continue in that entropy, we expect to see more things like Down syndrome, autism, more brain brain issues with just like Depression, all of the things, Mm -hmm. the synopses that aren't working, all of that stuff is what we would expect to see in a fallen world. So it's not a surprise that it's happening, but the surprising thing to me is just the lack of attentiveness to it, where the Mm. churches just sort of say, on one hand, you know, the word of faithers, they're going to say, well, you know, just believe and have faith, or hey, guess what? You're sinful and that's why you're sick. So, you know, there's there's so many things, right? Like it's. (laughs) it's so much where Mm -hmm. there's just not enough uh, understanding that this is, this is a a fallen world, Mm -hmm. which is why we see these things. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a part of the world, but we don't, we have that hope where we'll be in a world where those things aren't an issue. Mm -hmm. But when we, when we look at just to sort of shift gears a little bit here, there's, there's a big difference. When we're looking at down syndrome, autism, and that's sort of a separate way of, of, So there's a, a difference, I think in the depression and anxiety, it can come on, right? Like you can, you can have that all of a sudden in life, but then it'll go away. Mm -hmm. So you won't like, like Charles Spurgeon is a great example. He struggled Mm -hmm. with depression. It came and it went and he, he dealt with it his whole life and he would have good years and he would have bad years. And so with, with the other issues that we would look at, one of the main questions that I get all the time from listeners is if they can't understand the way that somebody that is maybe neurotypical would Mm -hmm. understand the gospel? Are they still able to be saved? And so what would y'all's opinion be? Because I don't see anything in scripture that would prohibit a childlike mind from coming to salvation, but Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear y'all's opinion on that because I'm talking a lot. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, I listened to this Really great thing from Todd Friel that really, um, well, for uh, that really helped instead of, you know, people use the, the phrase age of accountability, and he used the phrase level of accountability. And that was, you know, that really gave me a lot of comfort. Because like I said, you know, Walter can't talk, my son can't talk, and so he can never confess with his mouth that Jesus is Lord. You know, he, I, I, maybe he will one day, but right now he can't. And it may be a long time before he can. Um, so, you know, when Walter was little, he was diagnosed, he's not talking like these were things I was like, will he ever be able to be saved? Because will he ever understand? And, um, so the level of accountability, um, it really, like, I don't know that that really changed my mind. Like we think of Unborn babies, babies who are miscarried, babies who are aborted. Um, you know, God is loving and He's gracious and He's just and He's merciful and all of those things. And He's His ways are above our ways, and um, you know His thoughts are above ours. And um, and honestly, if we're going back to um, you know, kind of thinking of the doctrines of grace here, and you know, He will choose who will go to heaven, and um, so I think. We, of course, we are born with a sin sin nature, like that is, we were just born that way. And, but I think that there are babies who, you know, child, children are sinful. Like they are, you don't have to teach them to be sinful. They just do that stuff. They are selfish and um, they don't care. And they hit other kids. They don't care. We have to teach them, obviously, (laughs) that that's not right um but they don't know that that's what a sin is so yeah we're born with sin nature but they don't know and and honestly i think uh, you know people who also have special needs and cognitive ability you know disabilities and neurological disorders um i think god will have mercy on them and you know i think i don't know that's just comfort for me i i don't know that's just kind of what i was i don't know <laughs>
1: I like it. (laughs) John John MacArthur has written a book too. I think it's called like safe in the arms of God, I believe. Um, And it's more so addressing, um, you know, those uh, children who've died in infancy or young childhood or miscarry or abortion and things like that. Um, But he also extends it to those who maybe have a mentality uh, not above that level of maybe like a child or infant and things like that. Um, but he addresses that as like a condition of responsibility, very similar to what Todd Friel says too. And I know that Charles Spurgeon, I think I've read that he says that all babies are elect, that kind of thing as well. Okay. Um, one thing kind of connected to that, that really helps me. And it is, it goes back to the, the doctrines of grace. I think so many times I hear of Calvinism as being something that is so, like, you know, harsh or mean or whatever, because you, not everybody then gets the choice. Um, but this is an instance where I'm like, this is where you can see God is so merciful. Yeah. Um, because even people who are intellectually way smarter than the vast majority of, of the world, um, it's still God that makes them alive. And it's still God that gives them salvation. It has nothing to do with their intellectual ability and it has nothing to do with anything like that. Um, We all know that um, apart from God's work and regenerating work in our lives, there's no way that we could um, accept the gift of faith. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know from, from scripture. Also, I see, um, you know, when, when John leapt in the womb, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, He didn't, it's not because he had an intellectual ability to assent to like, oh, this is my Lord. It's because, you know, God gave him that ability. And um, I, I think that it's some, this is an area that we can trust God that uh, even when we don't know how much someone might be understanding or responding to the gospel being presented, um, that, that God can do the miraculous things. He can uh, heal those with physical wounds. He can heal those with mentally, like mental wounds too. Um, And he can forgive sin. And um, that's even greater than healing a wound Mm. of the physical type or mental type. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that just gives me so much comfort and i think that calvinism kind of gets sold short on that end yeah. um because it is gen- like we nobody deserves it and right, yet he right. gives it freely to who he wills and we can have confidence yeah. that he's good and he'll he'll do that
0: yeah i think you really hit the nail on the head with that i think that is just yeah i think it be yeah it's selling it too short like man when when it comes to people who just i don't know that you know having a child who i just don't know will ever be able to say those things it's just like man i know god is good no matter what god is good and one day walter will talk he will talk he will be able to do anything that anybody else can do when he's in heaven and yeah so and and also like we just don't we don't contribute anything to our salvation we just don't so why would we think you know like if you think that you do contribute something and or with works or whatever, um, then yeah, you can't make the argument that all babies go to heaven and people with special needs go to heaven. I just don't, because I don't know they that what are they contributing to their salvation if they don't even know. So right. yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful too. I love that, like bringing it back to the doctrines of grace and just seeing where our hope is. Like we have this great hope And it's sad to me that the rest of the world and even the way you can see them actually trying to like work their way around the lack of hope that they have. You're fine. Sorry about that that super distraction. But I was, I was just thinking like that how what you guys were how you were explaining it was a lot of hope that the um the rest of the world doesn't have, and so maybe mm-hmm. that's why they like to say things like it's really you know you can't help it, it's not your fault, and you just you know mm-hmm. you need to just love yourself and and because they don't have that hope where where we whereas we can we can repent of our sins, we can look at these sad things that happen to children in the womb and and other things like that, mm-hmm. and we can have a hope that there's a future for them too. But the world can't. So I maybe that's why. I'm not sure. I can't I just can't fathom the the way that the world works and the way that their their minds come to these illogical conclusions.
1: But just, I think it has of, to be something too with like, well, you have to rely on God for this. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. okay, well, it's not your fault. So you can kind of fall back on your building up your own self esteem and having other people, you know, build you up and things like that. No, yeah. like we have to rely on God. Like I have mm-hmm. to pray for my children's salvation. Like Mm -hmm. whether or not, like this is an issue that they face in their lifetime. Like I have a responsibility to pray for my children's salvation. And, um, that goes for anybody who is dealing with any kind of uh, mental illness or mental disorder. Like we have a responsibility as, um, Christian parents and, um, Christian family members or neighbors or whatever, like we should be praying for their salvation. And it, it really is relying on the Lord. I think that Mm -hmm. has to be, that has to be part of it. That has to be part of the explanation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you're right. And you know what I just remembered is John John MacArthur going back to him because he's epic and he does, you know, like 40 years worth of teaching or 50, something like that a lot. But he did. He explained a story once about a pastor friend that he had that was really a passionate man. But before getting saved, he was actually a Orthodox Jew. And so he spent the majority of his life as a rabbi absolutely hating Jesus Christ. And then he Mm -hmm. got saved. And then he spent years as a pastor where he's teaching the gospel. And then he got dementia and he reverted back to being a rabbi. He forgot his Christianity. And so he uses this as a great example of how, even though his mind had stopped functioning the way that it was, um, he was Literally asking for his Torah scrolls back, right? So he Mm -hmm. had completely lost those years, but he had still had salvation before it happened. And so MacArthur uses that sort of as an example to say, "Hey, you know, I know I'm going to see my friend in heaven because Mm -hmm. he was saved and he is saved. His his brain just is not working the way that it should. If this was a Mm -hmm. perfect world, none of those things would happen. We wouldn't have to worry about any of these kind of diseases and stuff. And one of the one of the my biggest, like, fears—I guess I don't even know if fear is the right word—but that would be that would be the one thing that I would just definitely not want to have to like go down the road of dementia. The, the right. thought of that, um, for my family's sake, mm-hmm. like the idea of that just sounds really, really scary to me for yeah. them. But um, either way, my my brain and my body is going to be—it's going to be redeemed. It's going to be mm-hmm. made perfect in heaven, and so we still have that hope, even in light of any of these sort of terrible issues, people people get in car crashes and their brain gets jumbled and they change. It's very yeah. right. Some yeah. people have um, reactions, which were, I was hoping that we could touch on suicide a little bit before we close mm-hmm. the um, episode. Some people have reactions so drastic to medication mm-hmm. that that they actually have like a shift in their personality where they mm-hmm. then suddenly become angry or depressed. My husband mm-hmm. recently had a reaction to his medication, not a mental mm-hmm. one. He just turned into a sausage. I mean, he swelled so fast. Oh, man. That's freaky. It was so crazy. Like his hands were all swelled up in his toes and his feet and his legs. And for a couple of days, he was just like, you know, oh, there goes my, my fluffy dog's tail. Get out of it. I was like, what is, I think, I don't know if this actually applies a little bit, kind of, I think there's like a lot of like feelings based. So it's like, I feel this certain way or I, or, you know, it's all like, the world is all about feelings and self love, and if you feel this or you feel that, this person sucks. Like, Get them out, la la la. If you feel like this, I mean, of course, like if you have feelings of, you know, suicide, which we'll, you know we'll talk about in a second. Um, Those are serious feelings, but if it's just like some, not every day is going to be roses and wonderful. Yes, like, you're going to have down, you. down mm-hmm. days. Does that mean that there's something wrong with you? No, if it happens every once in a while you know what I mean like I think that's just life um yeah. I think you know if you're having you know chronically having bad days obviously look into you know look into that talk to your pastor about that one but don't just base everything off of, because you can't be happy all the time right and, and I think that's where like over diagnosis and over mm-hmm. um prescription uh medicine is being given out because it's yeah. like I feel sad and a doctor is like Here's some pills that if you happy. Yep. And I think that's just such a dangerous thing. Like we're not meant to be happy all the time. You read the right. Bible you know, the Bible says that we're guaranteed, you know, we're, we will have troubles in this life again, because yes. of sin and not, it's not a perfect world. So I think if you're just putting an emphasis on, I'm not happy or, you know, you're never going to be happy. You never yep. will. You can, I'm not happy with this job. Okay, get a new job. I bet you won't be happy. You know, there is going to something yes. you are going to be happy with. You know, yeah. I am happy with my house. You know, switch. or something. You know, I don't know. Just things like that. I think just be aware. Just stop thinking your feelings are so important. Yes, <laughs> that's probably really mean to say. Yeah. Um, but I deal with feelings. I am a very feelings person and very emotional. And I had to tell myself that, like, that your feelings are way off base, your thoughts, that doesn't matter, that that person doesn't hate you, Michelle still loves you, you know, things like that. But it's, yeah, I think you just need to be careful. Just like your feelings aren't yeah. yeah, great. I felt like when I came to that realization that I had like arrived at adulthood, even though it was just a few years ago. Right. So I should have probably understood it a long time ago. But whenever I came to that, it was super helpful to me to like recognize, okay, tomorrow I won't be feeling like this. I don't have to react to this inclination. Like I don't, I don't have to take these emotions or these feelings. Like you mentioned that that person doesn't hate me, things like that. I don't have to immediately respond to those emotions. And because of that, because I've been able to be patient and wait for a few days to see, is it, you know, is it just that time of the month coming up or is everything? That's a good point. That's a good point. Like, yeah, you can slow your roll a little bit, and right. i've because of that, I've avoided a lot of catastrophes that I wouldn't have avoided, you know, like yeah. ten years ago, I would have just you know continued to be a steamroller and and making mm-hmm. all kinds of you know messes that were unnecessary, so that's a good point too, just not focusing so much on every single feeling because there's there's so many things that can affect the way that your emotions are working, like we've talked about several times there's there's food choices, there's sleeping habits, there's even some some of the medications that they would give you to cheer you up a little bit can actually have a lot more damaging yeah. effect on your right. mood. And it makes imagine- me think of those commercials, you know, when you're watching uh, drug commercials, and yes. they tell you the side effects. And you know, so it's supposed to make you feel good actually could cause depression and thoughts of suicide. Like, I mean, that's a whole other discussion, I think medication. So but it's like, yes. Yikes, like that's, anyways, that's, we should take that's off it, of it, sorry. We should take it really seriously though, right? Like right, if we're yeah. seeing those responses. Right, of course, be yeah. Be really serious about considering whether or not we should take them. If you're just feeling sad every now and then or you're having some anxiety every now and then, that doesn't necessarily mean that you should like go straight away and because they will give you that medicine. That's how they make their money. So mm, very, quickly, go, very quickly, very yeah. quickly, you they just go in there and say, I feel depressed and they're like, what do you want? You yep. got a list. Tell, tell, what'd you see Let's on TV? I'll now. give it to you. You know, yeah. I mean, it really does feel like that. Like, it's true. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And then a couple of years from late, from that point, you'll hear the, you know, the commercials of yeah. if you took such and such and you've had <laughs> such and such, and such problem, you call this number, we're going to sue them right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. glad I didn't take that medicine. Mm-hmm. That was, right. Good point. Now people are getting sick. But I think that um, if you are to that point where you are struggling, there's other considerations to take in in this situation. Um, Life-altering situations, they don't come along very often. But when Mm -hmm. they do come along, if you have had major instances, like a death in the family of a close loved one, um, a spousal um, infidelity, things like that, Mm you you can't expect to feel good during those times. And it right. it's like our society has created this bubble and, and unfortunately in the Christian community it's the word of faithers that are like you have to always be happy. And I I struggled with that like nonstop feeling of you have to be okay. Like if you're not okay, mm-hmm. then you're in sin. You have to be happy. Mm-hmm. You have to be healthy. You have to have money, which just like, you know, I didn't have any of those three things. So, um, but I struggled Gosh. with the guilt of that, like that mm-hmm. I was supposed to always be happy, mm-hmm. even though sometimes things happen that were really, really difficult. You know, like my, my nephew died when he was just one years old. That was really mm-hmm. hard. Um, I dropped out of college at that point. I was just mm-hmm. like too, it was too much for my, my, my little brain to, to function because I didn't know Christ and I didn't understand God's word. I didn't have any hope. So it was, it was a devastating thing. The same thing happened to my, my husband. Um, the next year I was pregnant and his nephew who was actually like a couple of years younger than us, he passed away mm-hmm. and, um, and he was like 19 years old. So it wow. was, it was devastating for my husband. We're being told by the world that you deserve to be happy even if this sad thing is happening, you need to be happy. Go to the doctor. They'll give you medication and you're going to be happy. We were at the time in the Word of Faith Church being told you need to just, you know, put on a smile and and be happy because, you know, joy of the Lord and stuff. Wow. And so from both instances, you're not hearing a biblical truth. You're not actually being told these trials are there for a reason. And yeah. it's actually beneficial to go through them. It hurts and it's uncomfortable. We live in a fallen world and people do die. People do get sick. That's always going to be the case. like yep. Pandemic or not, murder hornets or not, it's always going to be the case <laughs> right. that people get sick, people die, sad things happen. And, mm-hmm. and so if we're never being told how to get through these big issues, how to how to handle those emotions from a day-to-day basis, then it makes sense why so many people are on medication because they don't know how to monitor it. They don't know how to right. deal with it. So has there been anything that that you guys have had like um, helpful where like scripture, devotionals, prayer time, anything that has helped you on those days where things have gotten maybe out of hand or even there's been a really tragic thing? It, like mm-hmm. what what helps you ladies get through those kind of things? Because as women, you know, we do have that unfortunate uh portion of our month that's pretty much separated for misery and then you know (laughs) we have that stress like you're saying of our children we want to pray for them we want to love on them and it builds up it does Mm -hmm. it can it can be overwhelming what what do you guys do in those situations
1: michelle go ahead (laughs) (laughs) well i think first i always um if I was to give somebody advice for times when I did it right, because I don't do it right all the time. Mm. But if I were to say these are the things that did help when I, when I did the right thing, um, when I was really struggling, is never neglect the word yeah. of God. Like it doesn't even matter. The thing is, it doesn't even matter what I'm reading out of the word of God. Like just read it. Mm-hmm. Just read it, and you will find out who God is by reading it and by realizing who God is and knowing who God is better through the study of his word, like that eclipses all of my problems because I know that God is sovereign. Like I see his characteristics, all his characteristics are so much bigger than any of these temporary things that go on in my life. Um, And even in those really horrible, um, you know, times in your life that like legit, terrible things are happening, um, run to his word still, because you know, that God isn't there just for, you know, when you're having a a bad day and it's raining outside and it's really cold and it's supposed to be, you know, may and warm. (laughs) Um, that's not just what he's there for. He's there for that too. Um, but he, he's also equipped above and beyond to handle our deepest darkest moments when you are in your head and you're like, I can't handle this. I can't get through this day. Um, no, because God could get you through this day. Like God has, um, sustained you from the beginning and until now, and he'll continue to sustain you until, um, your day is up, which he has decided for himself. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess my biggest thing is just run to his word, even yeah. if you don't want to just do it anyway, because you won't regret it. So,
0: Yeah, I I will just, exactly what Michelle said. I think you should, yeah, don't neglect the word. The, I, I really like how you said, it doesn't even have to be some special section or verse or whatever, just pick it up and read it. And cause God is good throughout all of it. And no matter what is in it, and we can always be learning and we'll never get enough. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think exactly what Michelle said. Yeah, I totally agree. I third that. I don't second it. Cause it's been seconded. I third it. Yeah. So now it's a motion. I think. I think yeah. yeah, no, I think gavel, gavel. bam. Yes. <laughs> it's interesting how like, whenever like the, the difficult days come, it's almost like that. It drags, drags down on the scripture reading for me. Um, Like mm. I'm, I'm now, whereas most days I wake up and the first thing I can't wait to do is scripture. Like I, I'm, mm. since I got saved the next day, I had the same thing. Like Michelle, was, you were saying earlier, I, the next day was an instant difference. Like all mm. things were new. I couldn't wait to get into scripture. And it's been like that. So I, I'm about to celebrate my fifth birthday. So. Oh, that <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I'll be happy birthday. Thank you. I'll be five in January. So. Yes not January sorry July. <laughs> January. They started with a J, you know. But yeah. I I had that. I've had that same passion almost every single day, but when things Praise go God. Lord. Praise yeah, God. God is good for that. That mm-hmm. is definitely that his fruit in my life. Mm. But whenever it's a difficult situation, um I I notice that that's the first place that I see it. Like I feel it mm-hmm. in a lot of other areas, but the first place that I feel it is that, that passion for God's word. Mm -hmm. I'm now having to push through um, like a a wall that's trying to just hold me back and and like, okay, just sleep. You know, like you had a really rough week. Just get a little sleep. No, I don't want the extra sleep. I want to get up and I want to read scripture. Right. And so it's interesting that that is the, the most comforting thing I can do on those days. And it's the most Difficult thing to make myself get up yeah. and do on those rough days. So I'm glad yeah. that you guys uh, both had that that exhalation for that because it, it is it's it's definitely helpful to see a bigger picture. And that's mm-hmm. that's really one of the great things about God's Word is He tells us the bigger picture from the beginning to the end, and we get to see mm-hmm. all of His attributes in the mix. So mm-hmm. that's super helpful.
1: Um, yeah. I can I add one more thing to that. I think. am <laughs> go You're done. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <guys>. I think. <laughs> I think that, you know, would you, those five years, you know, on all of those days that you did get up and read scripture, like how many principles and how much like better do you know God for on those days where, uh, maybe you don't, where maybe you don't read the word for that day. Like you still have all of that word cherished in your, yeah. in your heart. Like you can rely on, especially like with scripture memory or like meditating on the word. Like these are things you, you don't have to like sit down and study for two hours. You know what I mean? Like if you're having like a horrible day or whatever, like if you, if you can do that, that's awesome. But it's also not required. Like you can can read the word and you can pick out like an attribute of God and like meditate on that all day and that Mm -hmm. will feed you too. Like that will get you through Mm -hmm. um, until you can study for Mm -hmm. hours or however long you want to. Like, Um, I don't know how many times I have just like sang a hymn or sang a song or whatever that has reminded me of the truths of scripture and remind me of the truths of who God is and the gospel. And that has gotten me through some of really tough times where I just haven't been able to like get up and read, um, or focus my mind enough to like even process what I'm reading. You know what I mean? So I think even then just picking out like one little thing like about who God is and taking that and seeing your day through that um, can make a big difference. Right. Okay.
0: And I, and I think that will, <laughs> I think that will grow too. Even that one little thing, that one little spark I think will grow. And so then maybe your next day you could do a little more that yeah. you know, and the next day after that do more, you know, if you are in a period of you know, depression or, or, you know, whatever, like a, a time in your life where things are super hard and, you know, if you have tiny babies or something, what was that noise?
1: It was an amen, a dog, amen.
0: The dog gave an amen. She did. (laughs) Wow. I think that the really helpful thing that I was considering while y'all were were explaining these things is I was, I was thinking about like, you're in a desperate situation, like a tornado or a hurricane, and you're literally with your family. This does happen. Um, I grew up in Texas. There's, There's, you know, situations where you might wake up and your whole town might be like destroyed. So you Mm. can't actually go to God's word. But like if, like Michelle said, and Betsy, you, you explained it too, where if you have that little bit and it grows, then you're not necessarily like, up a creek without a paddle. You know, like you actually have this scripture in your mind that you can replay over and over again. You can sing those hymns. But if you, if you aren't doing the hard work on the good days, then it's going to be a lot harder on the bad days. So I think that's Mm -hmm. really, really helpful. But just to like swing drastically in a completely different direction, because I've kept you guys really, really long and I'm sorry, but um, I was, I was hoping that we could address my least favorite well, no, I guess feminism is kind of one of my least favorite subjects, but this is also on the list of things that I, I really, I really hate to um, even bring up because it's there. It's hurtful to so many people. This is one of those topics that if somebody has gone through this with a family member, it just, it, it affects them so much more differently than other people. It's not the same. So I'm just, I was hoping we could talk about suicide because losing a loved one is hard enough, but it's completely different whenever they've chosen to take their life. And there's there's, almost no way for people who haven't dealt with it to really like, um, like I, I've never had somebody super duper close to me, kill themselves. I don't mm-hmm. have a way to actually understand that grief because it's different than the grief that you would go through. of just, just like this person had cancer. We knew it was coming. And mm-hmm. so, um, but we do hear a lot. It's taught in the Roman Catholic church that people who commit suicide don't go to heaven. And, and so I was really glad to get the opportunity to talk about this because I think that puts a lot of, um, weight on people's shoulders to hear that I can't find it in scripture. So what, what are what are you ladies opinions about that? Um, have you heard that? Have y'all been asked this question? What do you think about it scripturally? Um, well, you know, I think Michelle and I've talked about this before, um, a while ago, actually not on our podcast, but just a personal conversation. Um, you know, I think that's just such a, a blanket. I, I don't know, it just seemed just so way too cut and dry. Yeah, you commit suicide, you're going to hell. Um, you know, we when we talked about like purgatory and, you know, mortal sins and all of those things, that was one of them. And um, you know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> even though like I mean we talked about this before, like even though we we're regenerated Christians, you know, we still struggle with sin until we die. Um We also know that, um, the fruit, our fruit is evidence of our salvation. Um, and if we don't have any assurance of our salvation, then every single sin will make us question whether we're truly saved or not. So, I mean, obviously if someone has a habitual sin that they're unrepented of cheating on their wife or or whatever, then yeah, maybe we can question their salvation, but you know, like going back to the mortal sin of the Catholic church, idolatry is a mortal sin to the Catholic church. We idolize things all the time, but no one is questioning, you know, they were obsessed with, you know, someone who died, they were totally obsessed with whatever. Are they in hell? You know, that just seems like suicide. You And and I I mean, obviously I'm not well versed in the Catholic church, but I feel like that is kind of the issue that they kind of, Created because we, right. you know, we don't really find it in the Bible clear cut. You know, they committed suicide and they went to hell. Um, so I think that's kind of the Catholic Church's fault because if we thought about that all the time, you know, like that person, the last thing they said was a total lie, they must be in hell. You right, know, exactly. I, I think we would never have assurance of salvation. I don't think people, um, when they commit suicide, I I mean, if they live their life and, and they, um, you know, truly, you know, surrendered to Christ, I, I think that they're saved and they went to heaven. But yeah. that's just, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think nowadays I may, I don't remember it, but maybe it happened more when I was younger. Um, But I've seen so many like pastors,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, recently um that have been, been doing this and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been so frequent and it's, so heartbreaking. Um, but I don't think that anybody that knows them would say any different than saying like they're in heaven now, like Mm, they have, um, are in bliss. They're in paradise now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a lot of these people are going through, um, depression, things like that. Um, and I know that you've mentioned too, you know, those reactions to medication that can just Totally make you take a deep dive, you know off yeah. the end um that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise, and just a reaction of your medication um but you know, like betsy said that just because you've committed a sin right before you die, like you aren't you aren't going to heaven because the moment before you died, you you know prayed to God that like right. hopefully all the sins that I can remember you know before you know this happens. I hope I didn't miss one, and now I'm going to heaven. Right? Um, that's not how it works. You know, you are justified by God. You're not justified by anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if it's a work of God that you're justified, like nothing is going to separate you, um, yeah. from what He's accomplished. Nothing is going to um, nullify that because you are deemed as as justified. You're righteous. Yeah. Um, and so just as nothing can, can give you that, nothing can take it away. Yeah. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah. I think like scripture gives us pretty plainly only one sin that you can commit that isn't going to be forgiven and mm-hmm. it's not suicide. So yeah it's the the blasphemy of the Holy spirit, which was a completely different situation. And there's context mm-hmm. behind that. That's important yeah. to understand. And so I, I think what both of you said, I hope was really, really helpful because this is, this is an important topic. It's important that we, we discuss this. Like you mentioned, Michelle, there's been a lot of pastors that have been struggling with this and they've got a lot on their shoulders. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a, it's a stressful job for them. And so it, even if it's, if it's medication, I know I heard um, one father who was a loving father and he's uh Faithful Christian and the medication. It wasn't even a mental medication. A lot of a lot of the medicines that they give, they don't actually know why they work. So it's, mm-hmm. this is not a perfect science, right? Like we're we're still learning a lot about the different things. But I know a lot of times um, I've been to the doctor with my husband. and He's got back issues and things like that, um, and they'll say, "Well, we really don't know why this helps, but we just know that it helps." Well, that's disturbing. So. <laughs> Is there any other options that you maybe have a little bit better grasp on? Or, right. But it does. It happens sometimes where people just they re- respond poorly to medication. Then there's the other um, possibility where you consider, what about throwing your body on the grenade, right? What about yeah. mm-hmm. you being the person that that takes this whatever catastrophe and you, you save somebody else? Is that person going to go to hell? And so um, I think it's helpful to look at this in a bigger picture, take the full counsel of God's word and not just whatever little bit of tradition that you want to follow and say, okay, well, it, it doesn't logically make sense that if, if I died without repenting of all of my sins, then, then I'm, I'm automatically going to hell. Well, then there's very few people that are going to heaven. Cause not very many people get that opportunity. Right. Some of us are going to get hit by buses, you know, like yeah. you're, you're not going to be like, Ah, oh, Lord, please forgive me. That's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Right. So yeah. yeah, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. It just kind of make me think about, you know, we did a, a series on Hell's Women at the Table did on Hell. We talked about purgatory for an episode and, you know, that's why they have things like, what is it? Uh, absolution or something before yes. you die. A priest comes in and then there's like purgatory and how to get you out of purgatory and all those things. It just sounds, it's really like not necessary and overcomplicating it, I think. Yep. And mm-hmm. also other schemes and things like that. But yeah, that's, I mean, that could be why they have a priest come in and give them absolution yeah. so that they could get to heaven and all those things. But yeah, like, well, what about the person who gets hit by a bus? Like, what are they going to, you know, yeah. any, let's just, right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. You, that was yeah. Like, it's think. like a treasure of uh, the treasure of merit, right? Like you gotta, oh, your yeah. family you gotta members have to that. pay. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I hate to keep going back to Spurgeon, but I think he's a great example of this. I was shocked whenever I interviewed Ray Rhodes. Um, he wrote the um, life and legacy of Susie Spurgeon. And he told me that Spurgeon actually despaired to the point where he considered self-harm. So mm-hmm. his depression wasn't just like, oh, you know, today is a sad day. He considered harming himself. Like it was mm-hmm. that bad. And this is the yeah. Prince of Preachers we're talking about, right? So mm-hmm. if if the the brain is such an a incredibly complicated thing, like the way that God designed our, our bodies is amazing. Like he really did wonderful and wonderful things in our our bodies truly are just like an ode to his intelligence like he, the, the way that he designed us it's just beautiful but we're still in a fallen world world and and we're still going back to that entropy we're still struggling with that and so there's things that happen in the brain that we don't understand and so hopefully it's helpful for people to see that it, there's actually not any scriptural reason like you both pointed out but there's lots of scriptures that would point to The forgiveness of these things. That once we're forgiven, we don't say once saved, always saved, right? Like that's that's not something that would be beneficial to say. But what if saved, always saved? So Mm. I believed I was saved for ten years when I wasn't. I at that time would have said, you know, once saved, always saved. But I wasn't saved. Mm. So there's a problem there, right? We've got to keep that balance. There's still those two, those two drastic sides um if you're saved and you fall into this sin and you die um because not everybody that commits suicide dies you know like ray comfort talks about this a lot in some of his um stuff that he's done he said all of the people that have jumped off this particular bridge trying to kill themselves that have survived he said every single one of them said the moment their hands left the bridge they regretted their decision it was mm-hmm. instant they wished they hadn't let go and they just happened to survive it's a very small percentage of people that mm-hmm. do and they all say they regretted it, and so it, it's you can talk to those people about it. They did survive the suicide attempt and had the ability to repent. Um, if they don't repent and God hasn't chosen to have you know mercy on them, then they're still going to eventually die and face judgment. That's what everybody deserves. But those people who jumped and instantly regretted it, that were believers and they just didn't see any other way out, like they they lost hope or they had some sort of issues in their brain. Mm-hmm. It does it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't follow logically or through scripture that that then they're oh well, you know, that salvation, gosh, just can't quite reach that far. Right. Mm. God's mm. really powerful, but mm,
1: Not that that. slip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So hopefully that's helpful. I hope this whole episode Mm -hmm. has been helpful. I've been super blessed by both of your responses to all of this. I'm so excited that we even got to chat. Thank you for giving you so much time. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry it took so much of your time, though. No, that's all right. You're totally fine. Yeah, me too. This has been really awesome. It's been a really great conversation. I hope God was glorified through it. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Super excited. Thank you, ladies, so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, I appreciate you guys joining me and everything. I, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I'm t- <laughs> I'll see you ladies later. All bye. right. Bye. Yes. <laughs> bye, guys. All right. That's all for today, Humblebees. Thank you to the lovely women of the table. They were so kind to give me so much of their time. I totally enjoyed getting to chat with them. They definitely, definitely are my favorite podcast. If you haven't gotten to check them out. They are two very funny, very intelligent, very witty women that come together. They're they're very realistic, down to earth. You're not going to hear like a whole bunch of like super spiritual. Like they just rock at everything. They're very humble when they're talking about things. They share the truth of God's word without saying like, "Oh yeah, we're perfect and we totally follow this." No, they give real examples of things that they struggle with, and it's been such a blessing to me to get to listen to them and get to know them. So definitely go check out Women at the Table and. That's it for today. God bless you, Humblebees. I'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for listening, Humblebees. This is Tulips and Honey. Over and out.
1: I think that diamond still needs a little more polish. Yeah.
0: Well, at least we have something for the, the blooper reels already. <laughs> Let me see if I can fix that. Aha! The problem was on my side. Sorry about that.
1: <laughs> I think it was my magic dinging noise that did it. <laughs> I think
0: they needed, they needed the ding. You know, yes. the ding is what made it happen. Yeah, I mean, we've had pandemics, and now like Mer- that
1: makes life really long. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a long few months, and I yeah, mean, the past that's so funny. Four months is equal to what, like a year and a half now in this 2020 world. So yes, it has it's like dog years or something. It is. Yeah, dog years. This is what dogs feel like, guys. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> they just
1: want to go outside, and they just want to eat all the time. You're the boss. I am the boss. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm trying to air out the sweat and stuff and just trying to yep. trying to breathe a little bit. And this one, like, you guys are so committed. <laughs> Look at you go. Yeah. Those I use the free stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not professionals. Anything <laughs> free that we can get is we're on it. Yeah. So. Now I know how to handle a whole situation. That's uh, right. Never read instructions. Just dive <laughs> in whatever you think is best. That's how I put grills together and it always works. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. It'll 90% work. of the time. Yeah. It I know works where all every those, time. I know where all this stuff goes. Yeah, totally cool. Okay, I'm sorry. I totally sidetracked this. I'm so sorry. I clicked out of the wrong thing. Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I got it. Okay, here we go. So sorry. Um, we are not professional. I'm not a professional. Okay. Um.
1: First, first, sorry, double check. I just want to make sure that this mic is picking up because I have recorded sometimes and this <laughs> mic has not picked up. Does it sound okay?
0: Like I, I mentioned before, I'm sorry, I got something stuck in my hair. Ouch. Okay, I got it. <laughs> I'm shedding, I don't know my hair knows that it's like not winter time anymore, and it's like it's it's shedding and it's bunching up and catching on things, sorry I was like, I can't do this, I don't know why I thought I could. I don't want to have a podcast anymore, I don't <laughs> want to, and you can't make me so um well, good for you, I'm proud of you, so oh shucks, yeah. thanks, I feel better That's all now. You need all you need is Betsy Becker to be proud of you. Now I can get through the day. I won't I won't even worry. And and I'll send it to Frill. I'll be like Betsy Becker said. Yeah, he <laughs> knows. He knows. I listen to him every day, so. <laughs> and he listens to you guys every day, I'm sure. Uh, oh, I know. He's a huge fan. Huge fan. <laughs> okay, anyways, I'm sorry. We can totally, I could do that. I'm so sorry. Very. Oh, I feel fancy. And I can swing it. Wow, it's you're almost you're like, just a like right. you just like a radio host. Grab it all dramatically now and be like, "Welcome back to Tulips and Honey." But Please I do that. Please, yeah, do you that. should. <laughs> I think you should. Be away from her while I'm doing. This. <laughs> it's touching my face. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, sorry. Okay.